When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Read so many books and I still haven't scratched the surface in my opinion. Now that I've just gone down that journey, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much to learn. And it's so much more beautiful now. It's less scary and less like, oh my God, this is going to take me away from what I don't, what I know. You don't know shit. It's amazing to find out you don't know shit. It is so healing. It is so freeing to find that out. I was looking forward to expanding myself with my community, sharing more with you guys, reflecting more with you guys personally, either after episodes or just what I'm currently working through in my life. And I'm really looking forward to share, uh, forward to us sharing this space together. So again, welcome. Um, I wanted this episode to be a little bit about just getting to know me as obviously you guys have been you know, getting to know me through my interviews and through the different guests I've had on the show. But I just kind of wanted to, yeah, give you guys some pieces that I haven't filled you in on yet, let you know where my intentions are for the show and where I want to go move forward. And also I am asking you now to come alongside me. So um, I appreciate you guys for the support over the years of this podcast and as we continue to expand. And I'm really excited to just continue to do that together. So um, I'm from Houston, Texas. I pretty, yeah, I'm from Houston. (laughs) I feel like I talk about that enough, but I'm from Houston. Uh, I am Nigerian American. I have four younger siblings. They are all incredible. They're all, (laughs) they're all lit. It's ridiculous. Um, It's amazing and inspiring and very special to be, you know, siblings and friends. We all have different trajectories, but all have great media interests at some in some right. So it's pretty special to be able to share that those passions in some way. Um, I went to school for journalism at University of Missouri. I after University of Missouri, I decided to go to Australia. After graduating broadcast journalism, I was like, okay, cool, that was dope. Um, I had an internship sophomore year in Los Angeles and I tried to not go back to school after that internship because I was obsessed and I was like, okay, cool. Found my calling, like love entertainment news, love entertainment journalism. Um, wanted to figure out more about what I could do there. And I called my parents who were like, girl, get your butt back to school, finish that degree. And then we could talk about it. So once I finished the degree, I was like, cool, we ready to talk about it. Not only are we going to talk about it, but actually I'm going to move to Australia first. So they're like, girl. So anyway, moved to Australia for, I lived there for about eight or nine months and I was pursuing, I was like taking acting classes and taking modern classes and then doing interviews on the side, building my YouTube channel, like doing all of that. And I loved it. I loved it so much. I really wanted to go and figure out what media was like outside of the country. I also was really into this band called Hillsong at the time. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, this is perfect. (laughs) So, uh, and I got to also like do some schooling out there, which was great. So yeah, I lived in Melbourne. And while I was taking classes, one of my teachers told me, she's like, hey, you're actually really talented. I think you should just move back to America. And I was like, what the heck? And she was like, yeah, there's just not a lot of roles for uh, black women in this country. And I was like, 
wow, you're you're correct. So yeah, I came home, went back went back to Houston for a couple of months trying to figure myself out. And then I moved to Los Angeles in 2014 at the top of 2014. You know, with the stories that people say about like living in your car and hustling and working at restaurants and dealing with like famous people and all this stuff, like all of that was true. All of that happened. Uh, I, yeah, the journey of LA was nuts. I did not have a car when I first moved there. I was taking the bus and the train for eight months. If anybody knows what transportation is like in LA, that's insane. Still did it, loved it. Love is a strong word in this case. Understood why I had to do it, right? Worked at restaurants. I worked at Lemonade. I worked at the Roof on Wilshire for anybody who's in LA and knows those places. Uh, I still am grateful to my manager who allowed me to leave many times to audition and to, you know, figure myself out. Just, I was hustling. I was working for free for a lot of different networks, trying to build my reel. So I was working on a lot of red carpets. I would do restaurants at night in the morning and then I would do, um, carpets at night. And then eventually a friend of mine helped me get a job at Dish Nation, Ricky Smiley's, uh, where he has a radio show. And there's like, there's three different radio um, shows from different cities and they all do a show called Dish Nation. So I worked there and the hours were 5 a.m., somewhere between 3 and 5 a.m. every day. And we would get off at like noon or one. So I did that. <laughs> I actually really loved, I hated the job. I was terrible at the job. Terrible, terrible. I was a logger. So I was supposed to type as people were talking. So just imagine as I'm talking now, probably a little faster than me. And I know I talk fast and like you're monitoring all the shows. <laughs> I'm sorry, just laughing because I was so bad at this job. I was terrible. And I'm so grateful that, um, you know, they let me be there as long as I was, but I did get fired. Uh, first and last job I was fired from and very much deserved it. it was a hard day, but I tried not to take it too hard because I'm like, baby, you suck. You suck at this. So um, anyway, I logged at that job and that gave me space to be able to like was making some money and would work from 5 a.m. to 1 p.m., go home, you know, study for the red carpet, take a nap, get up, outfit, makeup, out the door, do red carpets at night. And that was like my world for a couple months. And it was actually exhilarating as hell. I loved it so much because I just felt I finally had a little bit of coin to help fuel this passion. Um, Cause again, I was definitely working for free at that time. And so, but I was building my reel and I was building my relationship. So it was really, it was worth it. Um, and then, like I said, I got fired. And then that was a big turning point of like, okay, so you are really, cause, and then what was so beautiful is the day I got fired, they were like, hey, one day we'll probably work for you. But in the meantime, you, you can't work here. I mean, the producer was screaming from her office of how much, how terrible my notes were. So <laughs> just, ooh, yeah, I just remember that. Uh, yeah, so anyway, walked away knowing this isn't the job for me. It's time to go fully pursue the passion, which was scary because like I said, that money was helping fuel the passion and keep me going. So then I had to figure out what other jobs I can get that were a little less, like I had to actually be kind of good and present and I just needed something to get by. So that was when I went back to the restaurant jobs and then I eventually got some hosting jobs that were paid. And then that kind of started the journey. I was working for the Tribune for a while. I worked for Baller Alert for a while. I worked for, God, who else did I work for? I worked for Afterbus TV, Black Hollywood Live. Um, those were places where I was just building my reel and building relationships. Um, but still like all of those things were so fruitful because again, like, you're either getting some money or you're getting some relationships. And I was able to do one or the other between all of those places. Um, there was a couple places I'm missing, I'm sure. There, like I worked at another red carpet company. Anyway, um, in 2016, I was doing a red carpet and 
Oprah was slated to be at the carpet because it was a show that was on her network. And I was preparing for it thinking like, there's no way she's actually going to come, but let's just see if she comes, I need to have like my questions ready. I know I'm not going to be able to make her cry. I know I'm not going to be able to have this long emotional moment with her, but I could absolutely make her laugh. And how do I do that? So I was rehearsing with my manager at the time about it. And she was like, or, you know, talk about something you guys have in common. And so I'm a huge avocado fan. So is Oprah. And I was like, okay, let's see how I can bring this up. So I talked about, so when I got her on, on the carpet, we had a moment, I talked about the show. I talked about her experience doing the show. And then later I brought up her book, her um, cookbook. And I brought up her avocado garden. And she was like, nobody ever asked me about my avocado garden. <laughs> And so I was like, got it, cha-ching, we did it. Had my moment with her, took my picture, it was amazing, we laughed. And I thought, okay, great, I'm never gonna meet Oprah again, like awesome. And then a couple months later, her show Queen Sugar came out and she was on the carpet again. So I saw her and I was thinking, okay, I wonder if she'll remember me, but I didn't bank on that. So I just had my questions ready. So when she got to me, she saw me and she goes, oh, I just watched your podcast. <sighs> Let's just take a deep breath for what the hell just happened. So I'm like, what What are you talking about, right? She's like, yeah, I just watched your podcast. You had XYZ on the show. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I did have that. I, I did have him on the show. And so she had watched an episode I did with, uh, I think it was Black Hollywood Live at the time. And I, it, you know, we were reviewing that show and it was either Black Hollywood Live and After, or After Buzz. And I had a great co-host and we were reviewing that show. And so in very Stacy fashion, I responded, well, when are you coming on? <laughs> and so she was like, okay. And she was shooting a movie in Atlanta at the time. So it was a three hour time difference in, and she still went to go get her assistant, brought her assistant to me and was like, Hey, this is Stace. Mind you, Stace is my nickname that my friends and family call me. And so she's like, this is Stace, get on, like figure out schedule and let's figure out when I can get on her show. And so Lo and behold, a couple of days later, Oprah calls in to be on the show. Cause again, she's in Atlanta. She calls in, we have about 20 minutes together. It was incredible, amazing. And like, okay, wow, you've done it. You've now interviewed this person three times. This person now knows you by name. Okay, great. So a couple months later, uh, this is now 2017, uh, the early 2017. And I'm in Canada actually doing another project for a show called Riverdale, Riverdale. And, um, I get an email from a production company that says, If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Hey, uh, Oprah's a huge fan of yours and she wants to do this after show and she'd love to, you know, talk to you about it. So, you know, I ignore it because there's no way. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You're lying. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I actually ignored it, but I definitely remember being like, yeah, right, right? And so the next day I'm like, let's see if this is real. So I sent it to my agent. At the time I had just gotten an agent. I sent it to him and I was like, hey, so I get this email, check it out, see what it is. So he responds back and he's like, hey, I checked it out. Yeah, you are in the running for this show. And there's there's a couple other hosts are looking at and they want you to audition and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God, amazing. So then I have a meeting with the EP of the show at the time, Greg. And he was like, so I have a meeting. I walk into the office for the meeting and I see on his computer that he has um, my Instagram up, my website, a couple other things from like, you know, other branding things of mine. And I was like, that's interesting. Okay, cool. Like obviously he's studying me. Cool. 
So we have this meeting and he's talking really future-esque and I'm talking really like get to know you-esque. And it was, it was, I didn't notice it at the time, but I was like, this is interesting. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like, okay, we have a great rapport. We're having a great relationship, but I'm still in here auditioning is what I'm thinking. Cause that's what I was told. So when I leave the meeting, I go have lunch with a, a dinner with a friend. And during that <laughs> dinner, I get an email from my agent. That's like, Hey, you booked it. No need to actually audition no need to test. That was the exact words. No need to test. So I booked the first live talk show on Oprah's network with no audition. And I'm like, okay, you're about to go on a ride. And on a ride, we, I, I went and, um, I found out later that I actually was never up for an audition, that it was actually always my job. And that was, you know, one of the biggest healing and validation moments that the universe could have ever given me but on this earth that Oprah could have ever given me. Right. And so I'm like, all right, cool. This is the journey I'm about to go on. So in three or four weeks, we go live with this show and I now have a talk show, a late night talk show called own tonight. And it was amazing for anybody who got to check it out while it was airing. What an experience, what a ride, what everything I did up until that moment completely prepared me. Like it was unreal how much I had done live work before, how many carpets I had done, how many celebrities I had interviewed, how many relationships I already had. It, it, it was like, it was like, oh my God, it was like the the universe really just came together to like make up a job for me. That was really what happened. So a couple weeks into the job, um, I have a meeting with Oprah because she's like, hey, I want to talk to you about things that are working, things that are not working. And she very clearly said, you have this enormous potential that I want to hone in on. And I was just like, and so of course I wanted to thank her. Cause that was our first time since I go online, like I've gone live to, to really say, thank you. Like what an opportunity. So when I said thank you to her, she was like, Hey, I don't just give out jobs. Like people, you know, you work for them or you, you earn them. And so I didn't just give this to you. And so I, I really, I mean, I was so taken back by that. I was so taken back. I'm just like, okay, you know, of course have the gratitude, but I deserve to be there really sitting with that. And so it was just, I mean, lesson on lesson on lesson on like life changing stuff. And so it was really incredible. So we do the show for a few weeks and we're about to go to Essence Festival in the summer. And I find out that I knew that the show was a test, right? And so that was the hard part knowing that it wasn't, it was the first season and they'll see if they like it, right? And so found out a couple yeah, found out on my last episode, well, didn't know it was my last episode, found out in one of the episodes we were airing right before going on, my producer whispers in my ear and he's like, hey, so in the middle of the show, I'm going to tell you if we're going to say, if you're going to end the show saying, see you next week or see you later or, you know, thanks for joining us or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to handle that? You know what I mean? He means, he literally means like he's waiting for an answer from the network mid show. And so... Of course I'm praying and I'm talking with my tribe and we're really trying to, you know, we're praying about this. So come to find out, I do get, I, the show got canceled and I found out after the fourth commercial break <laughs> while it was happening, literally while we were um, recording. And so he said, Hey, when you end the show tonight, I want you to say, thanks so much for joining me on this ride or something like that. And I held it together and I ended the show. And right when we ended, I bawled like a baby and it was a really hard month after that because like it was this it was really you got your dream job and then it got canceled 
And, you know, the team was very great, was just so precious and kind about, you know, hey, the ratings and this, that, and the third, and we did the timing. And th there was so much business stuff that actually I had nothing to do with, right? And that's what you find out later. There's so many decisions that happen um, when it comes to these shows and these these things that you feel, again, is your dream that you actually can't control at all. And that was a big, big lesson in that. And so anyway, uh, I went on to... I definitely took that as I'm not going to let just because the show got canceled, my gift did not get canceled. My genuine love for connecting and for interviewing and for storytelling did not get canceled. So what can we continue to do? So that's when I started building my team. Um, I officially, you know, got a, you know, had my friend become my manager um, because I trusted her the most at that time. I brought in one of my good friends to be my creative director. I brought I finally got an assistant. Um, or another assistant actually, cause I had an assistant during the Oprah show. And then it was like, okay, so we're going to keep adding. We're going to keep going. Got an, ex an assistant producer, like really started building my own thing because I was like, you're, you are, especially this was in the right when we were making content at a, you know, it was right at that turning point, 2017. So I, we were making content like crazy. I got on another show, um, another after show with a different network, which was amazing. And then, yeah, we kept going. I ended up doing a couple brunches called the OTS Media Brunch so I could bring a lot of other creatives together, tell them my story, encourage them. I started a brand called Fight for Your Fairy Tale, which still is live today. Check it out if you want any inspirational and encouraging apparel with great quality because I was obsessed with making sure the quality was great um, at a wonderful price point. So check all that out, fightforyourfairytale.com. Um, or you can check out fightforyourfairytale.capthat.com actually, because that was a company I worked with. Um, and yeah, what else was going on? So yeah, so was really pushing through like building my own brand at that time and saying, all right, cool, like let's just keep going. And I was young, I was 20, between 26 and 27 as all this was happening. And it was a lot to learn. Oh my God, it was so much to learn and so much to fail at and fail forward at all in the same time. Because again, I'd brought on a lot of people. I was really trying to avoid that. It was really my manager who pushed me to do that. I was like trying to avoid having a team and even though, but that's what we were moving towards and you can't put pressure all on one person or two people. So she was like, we're moving towards that. We got to build, we got to grow. But I was like, how do we sustain this? How do I make sure everybody can like, you know, a lot of people were giving me their time for free or for very minimal amounts of money. So it was really something that I was like, how do I do this? How do I sustain this? And so, yeah, continue to work and learn through that and fail forward and rise and try again. I mean, we tried so many things. There's a lot of history of the brand, either through my Instagram or my website. You can always check that out. Um, and I can't wait to share more of that, I'm sure. But yeah, a lot of history there. And then around um, 2019, at the end of the year, I was up for a job at this time. I had like, I wasn't working with a lot of the same team anymore. Um, a lot of them had moved on to different, different, um, endeavors. And so I was kind of back in this like hosting, wanting to get a bigger hosting job to kind of sustain the rest of my ideas. And so I was up for this job with Quibi. If you guys remember Quibi and I had auditioned like five times at this point. And I was like, I'm going to get this. I mean, my manager was at the time was like, and this was a different manager. And he was like, no, you're definitely going to get this. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, we've now gone in five times. It's yours. Come to find out it wasn't mine. I did not get the job. And I was heartbroken. I really was like, I don't think this place will ever love me as much as I love it. And I meant like the entertainment industry and LA at the time. Like, I was just was like, I don't. 
I don't know what to do. You know, the, the, the industry was changing so much. I still felt like I had this really unique skill, but I didn't know how to honor it at that time or how to put it out there like differently or better than I had been doing. And I knew things I were doing was working, but not at the scale that I felt and especially, or that I wanted. And especially when I didn't get the Quibi job, I'm like, dude, like, how do I sustain this, these other ideas? Cause I always knew that's when I started finally identifying as an entrepreneur and recognizing, I just had all these other ideas I wanted to put forth that weren't necessarily through the entertainment lens, but I had skills to be in the entertainment industry. So I was like, cool, I'll just be able to do both. So anyway, I didn't get the, um, the Quibi job and I was really, really in pain about it. And I was talking to my cousin one day and she was like, and I was just talking about the, being in pain about, you know, this industry and what I wanted to do and what I could do next. And she was like, you know how you are, you're always so human to human and you just want, she didn't have to say anything else, y'all. I could not sleep that night. I could not sleep that night. All I thought about was like, what does human to human mean? What could that mean, bring forth? How can I like- Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before tailor an entire community through that lens. Like I just, I, my God, I hope I still have the notes of that. I'm sure I do because obviously we're living in the human idea as we speak, but yeah, it just became the passion, the, the, the next passion, the next passion of the next pursuit, I should say. And so I'm living in that as we speak and human human was born. The first episode that we shot in person was the top of 2020, I think January or February, and then the pandemic happened. And around that time, actually, I was dating this guy and he was great, but I talked to my mentor about him and I was like, I don't know. I just think that like, I was like, I think he's great, but him and I have like super different spiritual practices. And I was like, and at the time I was Christian and that was my full wholehearted like way of living my life. And so I was telling her, I was like, you know, I just don't know if like God would approve and, you know, we're so different, like would God approve and we're different in terms of our spiritual lenses. And I was like, how would, um, would God approve? And she said, I think you have a really parental view of God and I want you to explore that. And I broke when she said that, like, I seriously heard what she said. And I was like, I feel like I do have that because at this point, perfectionism had absolutely been the like driving seat, the driving force of a lot of my work. Um, it's, it's like so much of it was unconscious in reflection, but at the time, yeah, like I was moving at a rate that was like, I just, how do I, you know, how can I show up as best as possible? You know, you think you're just saying the best as possible, but a lot of times you're trying to be perfect. You're trying and, and that, 
was such a crutch and a painful crutch. Now, and again, in reflection, but at the time you're like, whatever, this is the standard. This is what I have to do. I got to be like this and everything in my relationships, in my work, in my, you know, in my value to other people, in myself. And I was really, so, so that kind of like shined a light on that. And then as me and my cousin started getting like, I mean, we're close, but she was telling me and breaking me with so much information again about spirituality about expanding my spirituality about expanding my understanding of this world of this life about my food choices about everything she just started laying shit on me y'all and i'm like bro where did you come from and why are you here and this is between 2019 and 2020 right and so this is like the end of 2019 and top of 2020 where she's starting these conversations and i'm like you're 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 annoying me (laughs) like i like what i do what i do and what i know leave me alone and all of that was for my good because it just totally broke me. Like by the time the pandemic arrived and showed up and, and took hold on us like that, I was ready to break. I was ready to go inside and stay inside. And I meant like, because we were inside, I decided to go inside, really spiritually go in my heart, mind, spirit, and soul and, and just wreck it all and just wreck it all. And Ooh, yeah, just kind of thinking about where I was in that time, I was truly breaking and expanding simultaneously. I was truly in heartache of the things I thought I knew and the things I wanted to pursue and how I was like, what is all this for? And, you know, when, and then you're really upfront with capitalism and, and um, with white supremacy and your own capitalism within you, your own, you know, lack of self-trust, your own lack of spirituality, like all of these things, you know, I had a lot of religion and Christianity within me, but there were parts of myself I hadn't even discovered because of my fear of the curiosity, my fear of like trying new things, my fear of not being perfect. All of those things were just crashing in front of me. So went on a whole other journey, went completely to the left, y'all, like went vegan, like didn't drink, wasn't doing shit like was just only reading books was i mean i read read so many books and i still haven't scratched the surface in my opinion now that i've just gone down that journey i'm like oh my god there's so much to learn and it's so much more beautiful now it's less scary and less like oh my god this is going to take me away from what i don't what i know you don't know shit it's amazing to find out you don't know shit. It is so healing. It is so freeing to find that out because then you can be a lifelong student. Then you can learn without boundaries, without shame, without judgment of yourself or others. Like it is amazing to, to break. You got to break. The ego had to break. And that's what happened. So, um, and that whole time it was happening, I still decided to shoot human human. Now I did take a break for a couple months because I was like, bro, I'm on the floor. There's, I, I, I'm on the floor. So I don't know how to get up. But in May, I got a call from a friend who was like, hey, you've been missing from the internet. Like, where are you at? I'm like, what? May 2020. And I was like, it's a lot going on in the internet right now. Like, I don't think I need to be there. Plus, I really felt like I didn't have a voice to include right now. And he was like, no, we need you wherever you are, wherever you're at in your life, you need to be here. And I'm so grateful for that conversation because I continue to shoot. And in those interviews and in those continuous conversations, like people were like, if they were not where I was at, they were where I've been or where I'm going. Like it was amazing. And it just completely fueled what human to human, what I wanted it to be, connection, curiosity, and community, and truly a learning hub for us to 
evolve and to grow and to change and to try again and to do it again without shame and judgment. And I was learning so much about myself and and I just wanted to experience that wholeheartedly out loud instead of like hiding it and feeling like I needed to even do that perfectly. There was no such thing. And that was just chef's kiss to that experience and to what God and how gorgeous the universe and timing can really, really be. And I hope that even as you're listening, whatever you're going through in your life right now, you you really understand that like God's timing is the right timing. Like I know that we as human beings feel like we want things to be differently or better or, 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 you know, this time or that time or whatever it is. And, and I am, I am a fellow human being in that. So I get you, I promise you, I just came from it. So I get it, but, and I'm still going to go through it again because that's the human journey. We have to wake up every day and identify this stuff, but the universe is not playing with us. Like the universe has our back. And if we decide to co-create and really, you know, seek, we will find, we will find. So I'm just hoping that that can be encouraging to someone. So anyway, moving forward, as we are now walking into season four of the human to human, completely living in the idea. I just want you to know that on my journey now, I am, I am really, of course, always on a healing journey, but a lot of the things I am discovering and rediscovering are just my curiosity, my love for nuance, my love for the gray area, my love for, you know, my self-forgiveness journey, forgiveness of others, um, re-getting to know my parents, re-getting to know myself, re-getting to know my hobbies, um, realigning my passions, realigning what I felt like a career could be looking for love and finding love. I am so excited for love this year. I'm talking about romantic love because I've been on a self-love journey, a very intentional one for the past few years. And I feel like that the next adventure I'd want to experience is love and really experiencing romantic love in a way that again, just does not have so much fear. I've had a lot of earthly experiences. I've had spiritual experiences, but I'm looking for the soul experience. I am calling in the soul experience and a lot of this season I will be talking about that. I think I've always been a little hesitant about talking about love or romantic love because I felt like I had to have either something to contribute more specifically or or then I have to tell so much of my stories and then you have to talk about when the relationship doesn't work out, all of those things. But it's not really about those details. It's more of the calling in of love without shame and without fear. I think love is just such a gorgeous thing, right? But it is hard and wondrous and it takes work. And there is work that I want us to talk about on this show that helps us all call that kind of love in, right? Like the love that requires us to communicate and to not be afraid of the nuance or not to be afraid of the differences between our partners and ourselves. And those are things we have to identify. These are not things we learned in school. We probably didn't even really learn them from our parents because they would have had to have the capacity to really teach it to us, right? And and that's a, that's a lot in itself. Um, I'm also excited for parenthood. I'm excited for all of those things within myself. And I just wanna take my journey one step at a time, but also more openly and more, more wholeheartedly and more just exciting, just more exciting and not afraid, not afraid of heartbreak and not afraid of the hard things because we as humans, we do hard things. We can. Glennon Doyle always says that she's also been on the show. Check her out. Um, but it's something I just love that she always says we can do hard things. And this is so true. And so I hope this season is a space where you can 
identify and transform and relate and experience and learn and grow through whatever hard things you are dealing with, whatever life is throwing at you, even the easy stuff, right? Like learning how to allow the easy stuff to be easy and not making it hard. We as humans, we do that too. You know, our mind is just full of the trickery, like full of the trickery and I identify a lot. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That on the show, we have, um, I'm so excited about my health journey. I am not officially vegan anymore, but I am, I still don't eat dairy and there's a lot of things like I completely cut out of my diet and we're going to talk a lot about that too. Um, because that is super important. Everything from the water I drink to, I mean, all of it, right? Like there's so much this earth and this world has to offer us, but there's so much that society has cut off. Who, who the hell is society all? That, that's a whole nother conversation, but so much society is, you know, it, they, they can, they continue to keep us further from ourselves and further from getting to know ourselves and, and the soil that keeps us together. And so I, as I continue to discover and learn that, I wanna share those things, the books I'm reading, the people I'm chatting with, the people I'm learning from. So all of that is what this season and beyond will continue to unfold and in different ways. I hope that again, it, it just helps you relate and build whatever you're currently trying to build, whatever, whether it's your confidence, your, your curiosity, your self-trust, um, I'm in it with you. I'm in it with you and I'm building and rebuilding and breaking all of the same, all at the same time, all of the same things. I'm unlearning a lot and learning a lot. And I want to share a lot as we continue to do this together as human beings. And so with that said, I'm just really grateful for you guys being a part of this season and seasons beyond as the brand continues to expand, please, your feedback is so important to me. It matters to me. It matters what you want to see, who you want to listen, um, hear from, you know, do you, where, what city are you in and, and when should I come to see you? Because definitely want to do that um, in this years to come. So yeah, this, this brand is just, it feel, it's just such a, it's my favorite home. It's my favorite home right now. And I'm so grateful to be building that with you guys. And thank you for listening and for watching and for tuning in and for sharing and for telling your friends about it and for being a part of it. it you have no idea. It means so much. And so this is just the beginning again and again. We're just going to keep beginning again. This is just the beginning of new steps and new spaces to go. So again, I thank you. I love you so much and I'm grateful for you. Let's go on a ride together. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes and follow us on Instagram at human to human with Stacey Ike. That's the number two, not the word two. You can also check me out at One Take Stace. I'm your host, Stacey Ike. And remember, curiosity is the pathway to consciousness. So let's take the next step together. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.